Hello, and welcome back to the Nourish with Purpose podcast. How are you? I hope you're having a wonderful Wednesday or whenever you are listening to this episode. I wanted to talk to you today about eating around the holidays because that has been a stressor of mine in the past and I know it is for a lot of others as well. But before we get into that, I just wanted to ask if you haven't yet, I would really encourage and appreciate if you left a rating or review on either Spotify or Apple Podcast. Again, that always just helps out the podcast and it gives me feedback on what you're liking and enjoying. If you would like additional entries into the Wellness Bundle giveaway that I'm drawing for at the end of the year, you can go ahead and post any episode of the Nourish with Purpose podcast on your story or on social media and tag me and then you'll get bonus entries in addition to if you've left a rating or review. Always like to get that out of the way before we jump into kind of a catch up, but um, yeah, thanks for being here. I I enjoy this part of my week every single week, and so the the fact that I get to do this and talk to you today is just always so exciting. Um, this last week, personally, I feel like my life has been pretty relaxed, but when it comes to business-wise, there's been a lot of exciting things happening, one of which is that the Reset and Recharge Challenge has started on balance, and so that is seven days of Pilates and strength workouts. This last week, I spent many, many hours recording those workouts, editing those workouts, uploading those workouts, so it's really fun now that all of them are on there. You can dive right into them and take it day by day with me because I'm also doing them alongside you. I also have finally gotten a hard copy ordered of my recipe guide and I've updated it. I made some tweaks, but I would say that's probably the number one feedback I get when I do one-on-one coaching is that people want a recipe guide that they can hold and that's not digital. And so I am getting that printed. I have 35 copies coming. I think I already have 25 of them sold. Like, it's just like that overwhelming joy of like, okay, I'm doing something. People are excited about it. They're interested. And so that just feels really good. And so if you're interested in a copy, just message me and let me know because that also gives me an idea of if I need to order more. But this has been something that has very much been in the works for a long time. When you want to order a recipe book, it gets very expensive very fast and finding the right like publication, I don't even think it's publication, just like platform to order them off of can be really hard and it took me a very, very long time to find the program I went through. So I'm excited about that. I also am in the progress of starting a new digital guide and then I'm going to go about this one a little bit differently and I'm not talking too much about it because it could go so many different directions, but it feels really good to be inspired and feel really creative. I'm going through a 25-day like process of building this guide, and it's going to be anti-inflammatory focused, but how where I go from that, it's it could go various directions, um, talking more about like the root cause of inflammation and for you specifically to figure that out on your own. 
how you can take specific steps towards healing, foods that you can focus on and supplements I recommend, and recipes for fermented foods, canning, sourdough. Really, I want it to include both things I'm so passionate about. So that's where it gets tricky because I'm so passionate about sourdough and canning and having a garden and repurposing things. And I, I just love that. It's something that's kind of a new passion of mine. But then I'm also so passionate about inflammation and how you heal your body. And that those two, in my mind, they go together because one directly has impacted the other and vice versa. But getting other people to understand how they, they correlate and also making it something that is is doable for most people, right? Like if you don't have a farm or if you don't have land, how are you going to have a garden? Okay, well, what alternative? So like there's so many rabbit holes you could go into. Needless to say, I'm just really happy to feel inspired. And I think a lot of that has to do with me just maybe spending more time by myself. Um, and, and I don't, I wouldn't say it's been a long time, but like, so Nate's been gone for work. And so I've been having evenings by myself to just kind of take time doing whatever I want to do, which is, isn't the usual. And I wouldn't want that to always be the norm, but it is kind of nice to just like not seclude yourself, but spend time by yourself for a few hours a day. And I think that's been a huge piece of why I've been, I've been feeling more inspired recently. Um, what else has been going on? Hmm. Oh, this is one that has nothing to do with work, but it's a personal goal is I am on book number 22 of the, I, my goal was to read 20 books this year. And for some people that would be like the most puny little goal. But for me, I had never met that goal. I always thought if I could get one book in a month, that was pretty good. So now to be on book 22 and I still have a good month and a half before the year is over, it's just, it's fun to look back and think like, oh my gosh, I've read a lot of books and honestly, all of them were really good. So that was, uh, I don't know, that's just fun to, to get to this point in the year. And not that I'm big on like setting New Year's resolutions or anything, but I do like to create goals for myself and even more so, I was actually just talking to my husband about this, but creating a vision board for what you want your year to look like, I think is a lot more realistic maybe than if you create like all these goals that you write out. And I say that because if I look on my vision board, I would say almost all of those goals I've met, which is really insane. But if I look back to like what I wrote out for my goals for the year, I am nowhere close to that. Like I, I came up with the most lofty goals and although yes, I don't discourage that. At the same time, it's like I was much more on the track to accomplish what I visually thought that my year would look like versus what I wrote out. So just something I've, I realized this last weekend actually. Um, but yeah. Let's get into the segment of how I'm nourishing my mind, body, and spirit. With my mind, I am still doing candlelit dinners even though I'm eating supper by myself. Um, I, and I'm still making a full meal even though I'm eating supper by myself, which I know is very hard to do if you are single or if you just notice you're eating a lot of meals alone. It is hard to be motivated to want to make like a full balanced meal, but I'm still pushing myself to do that this week. And... Candlelit dinners, if you 
if you follow me outside of the podcast, you know that's something I've really been promoting lately. And that is because, the I mean, the health reasons for that is because it steadies or it lowers your cortisol levels and then that stimulates melatonin production. So especially with the time change, I've been utilizing it getting darker by lighting candles, putting on dim lighting. And I do that by like, you know, six o'clock. And that seems early. And definitely I've noticed I'm in bed a lot earlier too. Even if I'm not asleep, I'm usually reading. But utilize this time when it's dark to really try to lower your body's stress response and produce melatonin in the evenings because a lot of people think that they need to take melatonin to fall asleep or even, you know, getting like a prescribed medication just because you can't sleep. And I'm not saying this is going to be the cure, the cure for that, but your body is probably in a state of fight or flight most of the time. Or maybe you're just very anxious or depressed or whatever the case is that is hindering the sleep. Getting your body on track by doing what you can, right? I'm not saying don't take the melatonin or don't take the medication or discouraging you from that. But do what you can to prepare your body for sleep. Our bodies really, really love routine. And that's why when you get out of routine, you kind of feel out of whack. You don't feel... Um, maybe supported, you don't feel determined or encouraged, you just want to do nothing because you got off track. And that's because our body just really loves routine. And so that is a routine that I've done and I really, really have loved incorporating into my day-to-day, even though like a candle at dinner, it sounds like, oh, that's something you would do for a romantic date or something. That's not even the intention. It's just like to have harsh lighting when we get into those, you know, hours of the evening when it's dark just feels very like my body just kind of like, it's like, what is going on? Like, why are we trying to act like it's still light outside when it's dark? Like, let's just embrace the changing of the seasons and the time change and just let your body wind down a little bit earlier. I saw a study that said that our bodies right now need two extra hours of sleep than they do in the warmer months. And I'm like, that is insane. I mean, that makes sense why maybe we're wanting to get into bed earlier or wake up a little bit earlier now that the sun is coming up around seven, but forcing your body still to stay into the, okay, I have to be to bed by 10 and then I need to be up by 5 a.m. to exercise. Like maybe your body just needs those extra two hours and if your schedule allows, make time to squeeze those in. And I'm not saying it has to be two hours, but When I saw that, I'm like, okay, I'm not going to be upset with myself if I want to sleep in till seven rather than getting up at six. Like my body is just, it it needs more sleep and all of our bodies do. So I thought that was really interesting. How I'm nourishing my body is I've been doing lymphatic drainage massages each morning and this could be totally TMI, but if you struggle with regularity or going to the bathroom in the morning, I think like if you wake up and you have a bowel movement, that's a good, that's a sign of really good health. And the lymphatic drainage massages, they help stimulate that, you know, excretion, right? Going to the bathroom. I never know what terms to use. It just sounds so funny to talk openly about this. And it it, it is kind of weird, but it's part of my job, really. So I guess I'm kind of just 
it's just what I talk about. Anyway, besides the point, there are two, four, six, eight different spots that I massage kind of like under that armpit on the left side, starting on the left, then moving to the right, and then you go like right under your rib cage on the left, kind of under your rib cage on the right. You go down to the left side of your belly button and then on the other side, and then you go down kind of to like your underwear line right under your hip bone. And you massage there and you do 15 circles and then you do 15 taps. And I was inspired by my friend Lyndon. I listened to her morning routine and I heard that she did this and I was like, okay, I need to start this. And I am loving it just because it it gets things moving in the morning. Like you are kind of my massaging that GI tract and you might notice your stomach starts rumbling and like that's a good sign. And so I also notice like if I'm really bloated, that's something I'll do as well. I'll also take the side of my hand and make sweeping motions downwards towards my hips, starting kind of like at that bra line area, working my way down to my um, like pant line, kind of like my hip. And then I go like sweeps throughout my whole stomach. And then I go back the other way, go back one more time and back. And that is just something I'm really enjoying doing, which I, I don't know. I just feel a lot better better. It's just a good routine to get into. It really just works to de-bloat and kind of de-puff you. Um, It breaks down cellulite and the fat cells in your body. It also helps with blood circulation and getting blood flow to especially areas of your body. Like a lot of people, I know if they sit most of the day, there's not a lot of blood flow getting to their legs. So although no, I don't go past like my hips, I also know people do like lymphatic drainage on their lower body and there's different tools you can get to do it. So if you're interested in it, look into it because it's not just because it's going to make you more regular in the mornings. There's so many different benefits and it's all kind of depending on where you want to see the results. So like for me, I want to work on kind of de-bloating and improving regularity, right? For other people, they do lymphatic drainage massages on their face to de-puff their face in the morning. If you feel like your body retains a lot of water and that your joints get pretty swollen, this might be something for you to look into. So I'm loving that for my body. How I'm nourishing my spirit is doing my Bible study and journaling in the sun. So we have a spot on our couch where when the sun beams in at like 7.15 to 7.30, I sit in that spot And I just like let the sun hit my face as I eat my breakfast and then I do my Bible study and I just sit right there. I'm I'm usually a person that is like you need to sit at a table when you're eating to create that routine. With breakfast, it's a little different. I kind of like am a magnet towards any place in my house that has sun and I kind of just want to bask there for as long as I can. And so I really am enjoying, enjoying doing that just because not only am I doing, you know, my gratitude journal and diving into books of the Bible, but I'm also, you know, letting my body feel energized by the sun. And that's really cool. All right. I think that's all that I wanted to catch up with on today. Let's move into eating around the holidays. And this is something I wanted to touch on because I think it's a big stressor for a lot of people, specifically women, as we enter the holiday season. Holidays always seem to be focused around food. There's this piece of the coaching 
work that I do with clients where we talk about the generational impact of food. And a lot of times the holidays are brought up of like, oh yeah, well every holiday we eat this food and this food and this food and I notice I don't feel so good after eating it because it's just not normal for me to eat that every single day. Um, For example, like my grandparents or my grandma typically makes German food and it's like a cream gravy, ham, they're like little kind of like noodle pockets with cottage cheese in the middle and they are so, so good. But I also noticed like I don't eat that every day. So my body just doesn't really know what to do with it anymore because it's just not normal for me to eat such rich food. And that's not discrediting that the food isn't amazing. I would never want my grandparents or my grandmas to stop making that food because it's a treat to have that on the holidays. But there's just different things you start noticing as you get older when it comes to food around the holidays and it's always like there's some signature dishes that family families make where it it brings back a lot of nostalgia but there's also maybe some stress around food in general so for me i feel like i've mostly struggled in the past and right now i feel really good with my relationship with food truthfully It hasn't always been that way. I used to really hate to eat in front of people. And for really now looking back, I don't know why because very seldom do I ever even look at what somebody else is eating or care. Um, But for me, I always thought people were looking. And I think a lot of that directly reflected back on how I thought of myself. I always thought of myself as really chubby. And if I would just eat less, I'd probably be cuter. And, you know, it's like all those those things that I told myself that nobody else probably ever thought about me. And so through working on my relationship with my body and food, that has gotten so much better, but it hasn't always been that way. Um, And with that, I always thought people were judging what I would eat. So getting seconds, I'm like, well, are they going to, is somebody paying attention to how much I'm eating? You know, if I get seconds, are they going to be thinking, oh, well, she doesn't need those. Like, it's those, it's those terrible thoughts that we repeat to ourselves that n- I, I promise you are not going through anybody else's mind. Or if somebody would make a comment on like, oh, that's a huge piece of dessert. They weren't judging that I couldn't eat the huge piece of dessert. But I always like counteracted it with like, well, I worked out this morning. So, you know, I'm just really hungry. Like, why did I think that I needed to justify what I was eating? You know, nobody else really cares. Like, the, ch- the chances that they're commenting on what you're eating because they're judging that you shouldn't be eating it, I would say, are very seldom. Typically, it's just like, oh my gosh, we get such huge portions at gatherings and you're still hungry? Like, yeah, you're still hungry. Like, I don't, I don't think there's anything malicious behind what people maybe comment. But to me, I was just like hypersensitive and hyper aware of that. Now... Um, when I think about the holidays, there's a lot less stress around it. And I think this has also come because I've realized that eating two to four holiday meals, you know, when you think of the traditional holiday meal, are not going to set me back on any progress I've made. Whether it's in terms of how I view food, or maybe I've been, you know, like when I was training to run a half marathon, I had to understand that me eating more during this time is not going to set back my progress, right? Because I need to eat more to support my body. And it's that mindset of like, you're not setting yourself back in progress just because there's like two to four meals where maybe you overindulge a little or you eat 
dessert multiple times throughout the day rather than maybe what is more normal for you. What I really want you to remember as I'm talking is that there are maybe two to four gatherings. I mean, at the most, when I still had great-grandparents alive, I think we had six gatherings for every holiday, which was insane. But I don't really think that's the norm, and it's not the norm for my family anymore. But just remember, this is not going to set you back on your progress. These meals are just like any other, right? But if you are concerned about a holiday meal that you know, thinking that it might lead you to get off track with what you're really focusing on. You know, for my clients, that would be the core four method or listening to that mind-body connection, eating when you notice your stomach is growling, stopping when your stomach feels full or when your mind is sending you an alert like, hey, we don't really need any more. We're good for now, right? Or maybe building alternative habits around food to defer you from emotional eating right? If that is something that you typically do, maybe the holidays are really stressful for you and you're worried that because of the stress you're going to emotionally eat, then these are four, you know, tips that I want you to focus on that I'm about to share with you. But if you are entering the holidays and you're like, I have no stress around this. I understand it's two to four meals. I feel great about where I'm at. That is awesome. And this is not to add in extra stress for you or make you think that you need to be doing these things. There are just habits that I have formed around the holidays that have led me to, like I said, heal the relationship I have with food and my body and feel a lot more comfortable entering into a day when I know I'm going to be more sedentary because I have some different habits in place. Okay, so number one is to focus on protein and build your plate around it. So protein is what stabilizes your blood sugar levels and it keeps you full. So knowing that there are probably going to be a lot of incredible desserts for you to indulge in, plan around it accordingly. So if sugar is really present in that day, think about how you can fill your dinner plate to kind of create balance and make you feel full. So protein examples would be ham, turkey, meatballs, meatloaf, whatever it is that is pretty traditional for your family. I know that can vary, but I would say try to fill a fourth of your plate with protein, okay? Then when it comes to filling your plate, I usually recommend about another, a little bit less than a fourth of your plate would be a starchy carb. So that could be a dinner roll, mashed potatoes, a cinnamon roll, right? Those starchy foods that, oh, they're like comfort foods that we love, right? Enjoy those. Like this is not about neglecting your body from things that you maybe get once or twice a year. Like enjoy those things. This is just something that has worked well and I think is a good way to think of your plate. Um, Then with the other half of your plate, focus on fruits and vegetables or salads. So for Thanksgiving, I always know there's so many good like cooked vegetables like um you think about even like green bean casserole is it probably the most nutrient dense version of cooking a green bean no it's not but how often do you make green bean casserole so it's that fine balance of okay i get this once a year so let me fill up my my plate with those foods but also make sure again you're having that protein to fill you up because if you just fill your whole plate with all of those delicious salads and you know whatever that would be like a pudding salads or gosh I don't know now I can't think of any but 
you get what I'm saying. If you fill it with all of these really carb-heavy salads or foods, you are not going to feel full, which then is what leads you to get that second and third plate. And not that anything is wrong with that, but I think you're going to feel a lot better if you have, if you have um, that core four, right? So again, I talk about this all the time, but core four is having a starchy carb, protein, healthy fat, and fiber in the form of a fruit or vegetable. So that's where those fruits and veggies really fit in is get enough of those that you feel full um, and satisfied after the meal rather than completely stuffed and like you don't want to move. Number two is to focus on who you are with. So the holidays are filled with food and often the emphasis is on food, right? What are you bringing to the gathering? What food are we eating? What are our meals for lunch? What are we having for dinner? What's our afternoon snack? What's dessert, right? It's, it's always focused around food, but I would encourage you to focus on who you are with. So in between maybe getting additional food or filling up your plate the second time, evaluate if you're hungry. Again, this is that mind-body connection by sitting and talking to who's around you for three to five minutes, right? Take some time. A lot of times our brains want to get ahead of our body, right? Our body is still trying to digest food, but our brain is like, ooh, I don't get that very often. I want more. I want more. I want more. Um, But really... Let yourself sit there, talk to people around you, put your phone away. Don't even bring your phone to the dinner table. Truthfully, I think that's really disrespectful, especially if the, the host has spent how much time making this meal for you. Don't disrespect them by bringing your phone. Set your phone you know, in your purse, wherever you need to put it so you're not distracted and enjoy the people you are around. And I know if you, depending on family dynamics, like I had said before, maybe the holidays are stressful, try to approach it in a way of giving people a new opportunity to make an impression on you. So if you know you've got one family member that really stresses you out, talk to them. Try to make a different connection and see them in a different light, which I know is not easy right? There's so many different dynamics when it comes to family, but even if this is like a Friendsgiving, maybe you don't, you aren't close to your family or maybe you're, you know, with yourself for the holidays. Maybe for you, this looks like FaceTiming a friend or FaceTiming a family member that couldn't come to the gathering and letting them also sit, eat their meal with you while they're on FaceTime. Um, Just different components that you could add to your meal to, again, kind of create that sense of connection And again, put less of an emphasis on food and more about the people you're with. Because especially with Thanksgiving, our focus is on giving thanks for what we have. And I think a big component for most people is friends and family. Number three is to move in between meals. I know personally, one of my least favorite parts about holidays is how much sitting that I do. As someone that I would say is pretty active throughout the day, sitting and watching sports or sitting around food just feels like really weird for me and not saying that it's a bad thing to give your body that rest. But I, there's, there's two components. I want you to embrace the rest if that's not something you often get. But I also want you to think about how you can make moving your body a holiday, a normal holiday activity. So my favorite example of this is a post-nourishment walk a PNW. 
These are what is going to regulate everybody's blood sugar. It's going to improve their digestive health. It's going to get things moving. Your body is going to love it. If rather than after a meal, you go and sit on the couch, if you just get up, you walk around a little, it does not need to be anything crazy. This can be 10 minutes. This can be less than that. It can be cleaning up, you know, the dinner table with your family and making an activity where everybody's kind of moving around, helping each other clean up. But share with other people around you if for you, maybe this needs to look like going outside for a walk. Typically, Thanksgiving surprises us with how nice the weather is here in the Midwest. Make it an activity that you encourage the people around you to do. You know, it doesn't need to be looked at as weird or, oh, why is she exercising at this gathering? But instead, just say, hey, like me and my spouse, me and my sibling, or you and your mom, like we're going out for a walk. If anybody wants to join us, you know, it's just going to be 10 minutes, but it's just so nice outside. Like we want to go move our bodies. You're probably going to be surprised with how many people are like, yeah, that sounds really good. Like, let's do that. And then you'll, of course, have people that are like, why would you work out on a holiday? Like, this is a time to rest. And that's valid as well. So, you know, you win some, you lose some, take the people that want to come with you. And maybe that's something that you make a, a habit and a normal activity that you do at each gathering. Number four is to take time before the gathering for yourself. So there's a few examples I had thought of and what you can do to kind of combat that. So if you're worried about comments being made to you about what's on your plate or how much food you're eating, before you go to the gathering, I want you to journal and pray about it and sit with yourself in silence, five minutes of silence, to reflect on how you're going to emotionally or verbally handle that situation. Okay, so don't let other people's words be the reason that you start to spiral but have a plan in place for how you're going to handle that. Because I know that can be really touchy and it can be really hurtful when those words come up from somebody else. So before you even put yourself in that situation, have a plan in action for how you're emotionally going to handle that. The second example I had had is if you do not have time to go for a post-nourishment walk with your family, Move your body at home before you go. So this could be stretching, this should be walking on the treadmill, it could be doing a workout so you feel energized and confident when you walk into a gathering. I think you're also going to notice you enjoy the food more when you're actually hungry for the food, right? And that all comes back to a variety of factors, but I think moving your body is going to, you know, it's going to improve your metabolism, it's going to make you feel hungry and excited to eat a variety of different foods that day rather than like, ugh, I'm just not even hungry for this and I know I'm just going to feel miserable. Don't let that be your mindset. Put a plan in action. Again, move your body before you go if you won't have time to move your body afterwards. The third example and the last one I had had is if you've struggled with your relationship with food in the past, having control or emotional eating, write out what accomplishments and progress you have already made. So this is going to help you focus on the good that you've already done and the healthy habits you have in our building rather than maybe if you eat more dessert than you had anticipated, right? If you go in without a game plan and you're worried that you're going to spiral and get off track with your goals, know that again, two to four meals cannot completely throw off your progress, but also reflect on what you have done 
and encourage yourself to stay consistent with those healthy habits. Regardless of if it's Thanksgiving or Christmas, you can still implement a lot of good habits on those days, even though they're going to look a little different than most days probably. In addition to this, I want you to keep that list of success that you've had in your notes app on your phone. So if you are at a gathering and you feel vulnerable or maybe after a meal you're sitting there and you're so mad at yourself because you ate way more than you were planning on it, just pull up that notes app on your phone and read about what you've been doing, all the good changes you've been making, and remember why it's important to you that you stay in control of your body and of your mind. And again, you don't let yourself get into that pit where it's going to be a lot harder to get yourself out of, but that you acknowledge that this day is a lot like any other. And this doesn't mean that I'm going to enter tomorrow and just not care anymore about the habits I've been building, but it gives you a chance then start them over, do them again, right? Make time for them. My fifth and final one, and this is the biggest one, eat breakfast. Please eat breakfast before you go. I, gosh, I just remember I would eat a tiny bowl of oatmeal or think, oh, I'm not going to eat breakfast because I know I'm going to eat such a big lunch. No, 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 no. Bad idea. Don't do it to yourself because that's instantly going to flip in your mind. Well, I didn't eat breakfast. So gosh, I'm just going to eat whatever I want and not saying you don't deserve to do that, but you're probably not going to feel very good afterwards because your body's actually going to get full a lot faster than if you would have had breakfast. It sounds very backwards, but typically the longer you wait to eat, the more your body is going to want to hold on to that food, right? So you're, you're going to notice your stomach is shrinking. It's getting smaller because there's no food in there. And it's not significant, but it's getting smaller. So when food hits your stomach, you're going to get full a lot faster. It's also going to kind of throw off your metabolism and your blood sugar levels, right? Eating breakfast in the morning kind of jumpstarts that metabolism. It gets your blood, blood, I can't talk. It gets your blood sugar regulated and ready for the day ahead rather than avoiding it. You have a dip in blood sugar. Maybe you still have your cup of coffee and then all of a sudden your system is out of whack and you're entering into a holiday where instead of enjoying the food, it just makes you feel miserable because you feel dizzy, you have an upset stomach, or maybe your mood is all over the place and you're hangry and nobody wants to be around you. So do yourself a service. Please eat breakfast, okay? And the next day, if you had a big meal for lunch and then you had another big meal for supper, that next day, it's even more important that you're eating breakfast. We are not in the business of skipping meals around here. And that's something I want you to ingrain into your routine is that I'm eating three or more meals a day. That should become your normal, okay? Three meals a day, do it. Eat breakfast before you go, eat breakfast the next morning. Your body deserves to be fueled and your body wants fuel. So allow that and and eat and enjoy the food you're eating. Really to wrap this into kind of like with a perfect little bow at the top, have grace for yourself and remember that the holidays are a blink in time compared to the entire last year or months that you've been dedicating towards your health. Okay, overindulging one day, two days is not going to throw off your whole routine. It's not going to diminish any habit you've ever built. Take it as a time to 
put less of an emphasis on the food. If that's a stressor, put more of an emphasis on the people that you are with and focus on your habits. Okay. In the time when you are in the time in the morning, that's when I like to really utilize my morning routine. Okay. I move my body. I do my lymphatic drainage. I do my journaling. I do my Bible study. I have my coffee after I eat my breakfast. And then that is when I'm preparing my body to go to a gathering. There are still so many habits you can put in place during this time that are not going to hinder your success. I promise you that. Okay, so just take a deep breath. Don't let food be the reason you don't enjoy the holidays. And I know that's a lot easier said than done. Please know that comes with utmost empathy if you are still struggling with your relationship with food. I know that that mindset shift is not easy and that I am here to talk through it with you if you feel like you need an action plan in place before you enter this time, let's create that together, okay? Just know I'm here. You can message me. We can talk about it. But also, I am wishing you a wonderful holiday season. Um, Thanksgiving and Christmas is the best time of the year, and I am so excited and eager to put up my Christmas tree. I was going to do it when Nate was gone this week, but he, I could tell he didn't want me to. So I'm not, I will wait till he gets home and then I'm ready to go full bore Christmas mode. Tree, I'm going to get some garland. I've gotten little velvet bows to put on my tree. We're going very colorful, classic. I also got a tree skirt that is like quilted with little trees on it. It's the most adorable thing I've ever seen. So enter this time with so much joy. I am so excited for this holiday season. And I love to eat good food for my grandmas. They're the best cooks ever. And uh, with that, if you are finding yourself by yourself this holiday season, you know, think about the people that you can FaceTime or you can message that you can bring into your space, even if it's not in person, but virtually and spend time with them if you can. All right, so let's go ahead and close this episode in prayer, and then you can enjoy the rest of your day. So, dear Lord, thank you so much for the gift of family and the gift of food and friends, and that we get to just enjoy the holiday season, spending it with them, and enjoying really good food. I just ask that if there's any stress that comes over the person listening to this episode when it comes to food or their body or family or friends or dynamics, just know, just just comfort them that they know that you are with them and that they can, they can truly heal and get through, you know, maybe those harder seasons of life and that they shift their focus towards you and the blessings that you've given them and all that they have to be thankful for. I'm so thankful for all that this year has brought and I'm so thankful for the healing that I've done around food so I can enter the holiday season with a clear mind. And I just ask that that, that's the case for whoever's listening to this, that they feel that peace as they enter into that environment where they know food will be a primary focus. In Jesus' name we pray, amen. If you are interested in following along with my life outside of the podcast, you can find me at Nourish with Bailey on Instagram and TikTok, 
or at Bailey Seaton on Facebook or Lemon8. So with that, I will talk to you again next Wednesday. Bye.